Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Blue Chew brings you the first bowl with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know it works in giving you a boner. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Besides from me reading this, it's made in the U.S. of A. America. And since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, it's cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. You can visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free. When you use our special promo code armchair, just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's bluechew, B-L-U-E, chew.com, promo code armchair, A-R-M-C-H-A-I-R, to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we'd like to thank them for sponsoring this train wreck of a podcast. All right, everybody, welcome to a special bonus edition of St. Happy Hour Podcast. This one is free because of the Bluetooth ads you just heard from Kevin and my bookie. Go to mybookie.ag. They're the best online gambling site there is. And right now, for our listeners, use the code CHAIR. You get a 50% sign-up bonus. That's right. You're going to gamble on these games anyway, so you want to do it at the safest, most secure online betting site you can. You can bet on anything you want. You can bet in-game. You can bet fantasy points, you can bet props, anything you want. Use the code CHAIR right now. You get 50% sign-up bonus. That's right. You put in 100, you get 50 for free. Go to mybookie.ag, use the code CHAIR, get a 50% sign-up bonus today. Terms and conditions apply. Andrew, today we're doing a bonus episode because we're going to discuss and maybe argue a little about the Saints needing a wide receiver. Uh, to me, uh, I, don't, I don't think there's any argument to be had there. I think it's a fact. <laughs> I mean, they're 27th in yards. Um, they're averaging 21 points a game. It's the worst offensive head in the Sean Payton era by miles. Um, and I just don't think the argument that people are making is they have Kamara and he's really the second wide receiver. Even if that's true, that doesn't make the receivers they have any better. And the playing Austin Carr and playing little Jordan Humphreys, Dave's adopted UDFA son, and them not getting any targets at all, that's not going to fly, even for two or three more weeks that Teddy, that Teddy Bridgewater is still here and post-freeze. Uh, well, I, these same people that clamored for Jared Cook and said that he was going to fix everything you know, are, are now the same people that says receiver doesn't matter because Kamara is the number two receiver. So you can't have it both ways. It's clear that the offense goes through Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, but it's not working. The Saints aren't scoring any points. They're not gaining any yards. 
They scored nine points against the Rams. They scored 12 against the Cowboys. You know, they were blessed to have a defensive and special teams touchdown the previous week. So they're not putting up points. They're not putting up yards. And so that's great that, like, they've been able to sustain a couple drives with binges to Thomas and Kamara. But you really need a third guy. And that's why everyone seemed to be so excited about Jared Cook is because they're like, hey, he's the third guy. He unlocks the offense. And if they have a third guy, then it opens up stuff for your Austin Cars and your little Jordan Humphreys. Because then like, people just aren't paying attention to those guys. Because, oh, we have to defend three guys. This offense is multiple. But you can kind of get more focused in your coverage when it's only really two guys you have to worry about. And then the Saints are kind of relegated to settling for a lot of those underneath throws. So I don't care if it's Ginn. I don't care if it's Cook kind of – jumping back into the fold, or if it's someone they have to acquire. But they need a third guy. Yeah, they do. And the thing is, like you say, it's great that they're winning, so there isn't this desperation that they might feel if they were one and three or whatever. The thing for them is it's not even a case of they need a star because they've paid Michael Thomas. So, so like, uh, Stephon Diggs, who's a hot name, they're not trading for him. One, because his salary is exorbitant. And two, the Saints aren't going to trade for a guy who's mad in Minnesota that they've decided they're not going to throw the ball anymore. And he's going to be – is he going to just – is he going to be just as mad with the Saints when he goes a couple of weeks without catching a ball or two? This is the exact reason why they got rid of Brandon Cooks, because they were winning ball games, and he was unhappy with the method. He was unhappy with the, the offensive philosophy – which at times asked him to run a bunch of fly routes and basically pull the defense. I mean, I, I'm not even going to criticize him for that. I mean, he, he, want, he thought he was better than that. Clearly he is, and he, he wanted more involvement in the offense. And so players have philosophical differences with their coaches in the offense, but they just shipped the guy out. They were supremely talented for exactly those reasons. So, you're telling me like, you want a guy that is a similar makeup that is complaining about an offense that's not throwing enough? Well, the Saints aren't throwing a ton with Teddy Bridgewater right now, so I don't know how much I don't know how in love he would be with the offensive philosophy the Saints have. Number one, number two, they're not going to pay him all that money after they just paid Michael Thomas and give up a draft pick. So I just don't see it. No, I think it's more. I think. The names that they're going to go after are good. They don't. They just need a third. They just need a competent guy that would be uh, for the whole year if he was here would be a, a thirty-five to forty-five catch guy. A guy that can make plays when given a few opportunities and can get open on his own. And I did it in my Channel Four column today. I identified three names. I identified AJ Green as a guy because Cincinnati's terrible. He's a free agent next year. If the Saints wanted to rent him for a third or fourth round pick for the rest of the year and then be like, hey, AJ, come here, help us win a Super Bowl, then go on your way in free agency. The problem with him is he's hurt, and he's not going to be back playing until November. So and I don't he's, know how he's only have a couple million in cap space. So yeah. not, not that Loomis couldn't figure it out, but that would definitely take some financial massaging. You know, and – 
the guys, the two guys that I think are most likely would be Emmanuel Sanders from Denver, who he's their number one receiver, so he's not going to come for like a fifth or a sixth round pick. He's going to be a fourth or a third round pick. But Denver's own four, they're god awful. If they wanted to ship him out and start acquiring assets, Emmanuel Sanders would be a guy. He'd be perfect in the slot, and he would immediately be the Saints' uh, number second best receiver behind Michael Thomas, even if you included tight end. And another guy is. If Miami just wants to liquidate every single asset they have and strip it down to the bone, Devontae Parker could be a name, and he could be a guy you could probably get for a song. Um, but those are the kind of guys they're going to be shopping for. I don't see a guy come – I don't see them going for a big-name guy. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Andrew, just because of the, the finances and the assets they have. Yeah, no, I, there's something to that. Look, the bottom line is I think the Saints have some time here. Uh, they, they don't have to make a decision now. And if you remember with Eli Apple, they kind of shook down the Patrick Peterson tree and they were hoping to get him because that was probably going to be the most appealing option. Well, it became pretty evident pretty quickly that that wasn't going to work for them uh, in terms of the compensation that the Cardinals wanted. And so, you know, they sell for Eli Apple. But the point is they're fortunate to be 3-1 and one right now because they don't have to rush this. And they can kind of wait and see – maybe who has an injured quarterback and who goes on a three-game losing streak where, you know, they become sellers all of a sudden at the trade deadline. And you never know, like, what shakes available. So I think they've had the good fortune of winning uh, during this period without those guys. And uh, eventually they know they're going to need an extra receiver and they know they may need to target this at the trade deadline. But Fortunately, they're 3-1. and one. I don't think they have to rush this. They can be patient and wait to see what becomes available because deadlines do have a way of making deals happen. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like you said, there's going to be teams right now that firmly still believe them, themselves in, in contention. You know, and me, you know, we may look at it and be like, you're not in contention, you're 1-3. and three. But the teams themselves don't view it that way. Give them three more weeks of losing, you know. And then, then they start to say, hey, we got to start planning for um, 2020. And also, too, 
I just think there's a culture now, Andrew, in the NFL that allows teams to plan for the future. Whereas even two, three years ago, teams didn't do it. They were like, we're playing to win every game and we're not, we're not worrying about next year until next year. We have to play to win every single week, even if we're, even if we're, even if we're two and seven or whatever. And now teams like Miami and, 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 and the Giants last year, to a certain extent, they'll be like, "Hey, we're we're open for business at the trade deadline. We want we want to trade these players for assets." And that's a change that wasn't around even five years ago. So you can do major things at the trade deadline, and we know that's how the Saints roll. Yeah, exactly. That's that is how they roll, and so yeah, that's a known thing. And uh, if you disagree, you're not paying attention, basically. But, Final question, then we'll get out of here. Do the Saints have a new receiver after the trade deadline has passed? Yes, I believe they do. And, you know, again, they got Eli Apple for a third-round pick. I wouldn't put it past them to get, like, a a less attractive option for a fifth-round pick. I mean, remember a guy they acquired once upon a time was Man, you know, and uh, Mm -hmm. they they gave up Akeem Hicks. So, you know, they gave up a player, but if there's a – a decent player on this roster, and I don't know who that would be at this point, but, you know, if, if they start to feel good about Will Clapp, well, let, let's just say, you know, Will Clapp it, it comes in and he replaces Andres Pete. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but just hypothetically. And all of a sudden this team is desperate for a tackle, and the Saints are like, you know what, we feel good about Clapp. We'll give you Andres Pete because we know he's in a contract year. He's going to walk anyway and give us your slot receiver. And it may not be a sexy name. I don't know who it is. but And it, and it may not be Andres Pete they gave up, but that's just an example. The point here is there's a lot of avenues they could go down to try yes. to get a player to help their offense. Uh, I think it's also important to remember that right now, Breeze against the Texans was able to utilize Ted Ginn, was able to get him involved in the offense. Breeze, we're, we're watching Teddy Bridgewater operate this offense, and I think it's normal that – he hasn't had the time with some of these players to develop trust in training yeah. camp. He knows that Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas are the superstars. He knows that those guys are going to be where they need to be and they can make the plays in tight coverage. But the other guys, like it may just take time and routine and practice to be able to start to get them involved. So my only point there is maybe the performance of these other guys gets a little better as the games go along and needs change, so let's wait to see how this all unfolds. And secondly, Breeze may elevate the play of some of these guys, but, you know, for starters, we're looking at Traquan Smith hopefully coming back this week. I think that's huge for the Saints because they really need him. Yeah, so everybody, this is a bonus podcast. On top of the daily ones that you get if you're a patron, pay, and subscriber, and this is a sample of why you need to pay $10 a month you get a Saints podcast every freaking day, plus full access to Andrew's offensive, defensive, and special teams grade, and our grades podcast where me and Andrew recap it all. So you should just go and do it now. Click. It's $10 a month. Do it for the football season. You won't regret it. And we will see you tonight on the Big Gambling Extravaganza.